What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is the latest installment of the Locked on Blazers 2019-2020 season wrap-up, dedicating a full episode to every player on the roster, giving you a brief but thorough look at their season in Portland. We'll look at their performance this past season, review where they landed in terms of the best case and worst case scenarios that I laid out a year ago now at the start of training camp. And finally, we'll close the show looking ahead to the upcoming season and the role and expectations for the 2020-2021 season. This is our fifth installment of the season wrap-up. So if you missed any, check out your podcast feed and start catching up now. Today, it's all about Damian Lillard who you may remember from being the best point guard in the NBA this past season. For real, we're going to talk about it. But before we get deep into Lillard worship, I want to extend my warmest thoughts to all those affected by the fires in the West Coast. I know that it's been a challenging couple of days in the city of Portland, certainly in my house, and it's been much more challenging in plenty of other communities that have been more directly affected and have experienced a great deal of loss or just a great deal of uncertainty about what they may lose. It's challenging times. The world is already difficult, and this certainly didn't make it any easier. I'm not offering solutions or blame or any of those things here. I'm just hoping that if you are able, that this 30 minutes of talking about the Blazers can provide you some peace or a moment to step away from the newest layer of difficulties that we're facing in this country. So let's talk a little bit about basketball, shall we? Year 8 for Damian Lillard in the NBA was his best statistically. In 66 games, he averaged a career-high 30 points to go with 4.3 rebounds and a career-best 8.0 assists. Shot 46% from the floor. A career-best 40.1 from the on-the-arc on 10.2 attempts a game from deep. He joined Steph Curry on a very short list of players who have made at least 40% of their threes on at least 10 attempts a game. There's two dudes on the list. Dame is one of them. Steph Curry did it twice, once during his unanimous MVP season, once during his MVP season where he didn't get all the votes. There just aren't many dudes who can take that volume of threes and make them that efficiently. In fact, there's two of them, Stephen Curry and Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard had more games this year when he scored 40 points, 11, than he had when he scored fewer than 28 he had six games where he topped 50, and he joined Wilt Chamberlain. You may have heard, remember him from being a dude who got buckets as the only player in NBA history to have at least three 60-point games in a single season. And there was a brief stretch where Damian Lillard was the best player in the NBA. From January 20th, when he had 61 points to help the Blazers squeak by a pretty bad Golden State Warriors team, through a six-game, 11-day run that ended on the 1st of February, Damian Lillard averaged 48.8 points, 7.2 rebounds, and 10.2 assists. He shot 55% from the floor, 57% from three, and 92% from the free throw line. He was the best player on the planet for six straight games. His worst game during this stretch, statistically, he had a 36-point triple-double, the first of his career. That was his worst game during this stretch. 61, 10, and 7 against the Warriors, 
47-6-8 against Dallas. 56-13 and 13 dimes against the Indiana Pacers. 36-10-11 against Houston. That triple-double the first of his career. 48-9 boards and 10 assists at L.A. This was right after Kobe passed, and I think this was maybe the best individual performance in the regular season at the time that I can remember from Damian Lillard. And then, cool, 51 points and 12 assists against the Utah Jazz. For a brief period, he was the best player in the league. For those six games, no one could touch him. He started that stretch with three straight games of scoring at least 47 points and hitting at least eight three-pointers. No one in the history of the NBA had ever had a three-game stretch quite like that. And for that entire stretch, he averaged eight eight made threes a game and nearly 49 points. He basically put up 50 for 11 straight days. And look, what makes this season so special is that 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 stretch is unforgettable. Just a just a two-week period where he was as good as as good as there is in the league. And I'm not even sure it was the best basketball he played or even his best two-week stretch of the season. When the Blazers needed to make their final playoff push in the bubble in Orlando, Damian Lord grabbed his cape and played superhero for two weeks. So if late January was the best we've ever seen, the bubble was the best we've ever seen Damian Lillard yet again. He averaged 37.6 points, 4.3 rebounds, and 9.6 assists in the bubble, shooting 49.7% from the floor, 43% from three, and 88% from the free throw line. He was a couple, he was basically two made field goals and three made free throws away from putting up a 50-40-90 stretch, averaging 38 points per game. That's a good stretch, y'all. The bubble run included 51, 61, and 42 to close out the regular season and put the Blazers in the play-in game. That type of stuff wins you the bubble MVP. God willing, there won't ever be another bubble MVP, so Damian Lillard will have a trophy that no one else can get. Then, in the play-in game, all Damian Lillard did was put up 31 points and 10 dimes to help the Blazers beat Memphis and actually get into the playoffs. That nine-game run, for my money, is more impressive than the games in January. That that stretch, that sort of MLK day to the All-Star break stretch is the real the real dog days of the NBA season. Everyone's exhausted. Um, they're definitely sick of media types like me. They're sick of each other, and they, they desperately need a break. So while putting up big numbers in that stretch is special, all the games count the same. I'm not trying to say that. All the regular season games are the same. There are no ones that are more important, but uh, it, it just feels a little bit different than the desperation that they felt in the bubble, where they just absolutely had to win to keep their season alive. They're only playing playoff level competition, and everybody knows the score of the game. Everyone is familiar with what the Blazers are trying to do and what's at stake. And if I said earlier that the Laker game was the best regular season game I remember Dame playing, then the game against Dallas in Orlando in the bubble was was right up there for the best I've ever regular season games I've ever seen him play. The Laker game was more complete. There was a little more emotion in that game. Um, obviously, um, all, a real road setting, all those things. Uh, but the 61 and the way he went out and got 61 and just dragged the Blazers across the finish line um, against Dallas is not as right up their best regular season performances I've ever seen him have. The playoffs for Dame were sobering 
Uh, this run in the bubble was really, really special, but the playoffs were sobering. After a fantastic game one, which he had 34 points, he averaged over the next three games 21 points, three boards, and four assists, and shot under 40% from the floor and 35% from three. Then a season ended when he sprained his knee five minutes into the second half of game four, an injury that ended his season. The good news is that injury that knocks Lillard out of the bubble sent him home. He was already gone by the time the Blazers played game five. Didn't require anything but rest. I'll take some time away. I saw him tweet earlier this week that he's already back working out. I don't think we need to say much more about David Lillard's season. This was the best we've ever seen him. Turned 30 this year. And he's he just keeps getting better. At some point, that won't be true. But for now, it's true. So let's live in the now. He was, for as frustrating as the season was for the Blazers as a whole, it was another year to appreciate how special Damian Lord is. And if you watch this team all the time, don't get caught up in some of your frustrations and let that distract you from how good Dame is. Try to appreciate him. You won't always get to watch someone this good. And this year, he was fantastic. He had two stretches that are just, that are you just can't duplicate it. The only dude who can duplicate it is him. That's why I did it twice. In the second segment, I want to come back and talk about the best and worst case scenarios. I laid these out for everyone who was on the roster back in training camp, kind of set uh, polls for what I thought was the best case and worst case scenario for each dude heading into this season. So we'll revisit those to see where Damian Lord landed. But before we do that, I want to tell you all about Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy, but you know who makes it easy? Roman. Because they got real healthcare professionals who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If, medic- if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping, the whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. ED used to be tough to tackle, but that is not the case anymore because there's Roman. Just complete that online visit today, connect with a healthcare professional, and they'll take care of it. Here's how you do it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA today. If you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA one more time for you, getroman.com slash locked on NBA. All right. We talked about Damian Lillard's 2019-2020 NBA season in the first segment. One of the great statistical performances that we've ever seen anyone have in a Blazer jersey. No, no denying it. Obviously, uh, not as much team success as he has experienced in the past, or certainly he would have wanted, but in terms of putting up numbers and showing how good he is, Dame was the best point guard in the NBA last year, and I don't think there's much debate about that. But what I want to do now is I want to revisit the best and worst case scenarios that I laid out back in September, a year ago, actually, when the Blazers were starting training camp. I did these for every player on the roster at the time, and I laid out the best case scenario and the worst case scenario for every guy. And I'm going to play you that now, a little bit of Michael from the past. We'll hop in the time machine and we'll figure out where Dame landed based on the sort of polls that I set for him back in September, 2019. So what's the best case scenario for Damian Lord? It's that he becomes the first blazer to win the MVP award since 1978. 
The best case for Damian Lillard is that this is the season it all comes together. The complimentary pieces that they've put around him push the Blazers to the top of the Western Conference, and his consistency stays where it is and even takes another level. Another season of 25 and 6, except this year it's 27 and 8, and the Blazers win 58 games, and at the end of the year, Dame's the MVP. Now, the way the NBA does it, he won't win MVP till June, but you know what I'm saying. The best case for Damian Lillard kind of looks like a lot like his past seasons. Maybe he shoots a little better from three. Maybe he finishes a little better around the rim. But he only would have to improve a little bit in the margins, and the team would have to improve by six wins or so, and then he's an MVP. The best case for Damian Lillard is that it all coalesces. Not that he takes some massive jump. Not that he's significantly better and an all-level defender. He probably doesn't, or all-world defender. He probably doesn't need to be that to be an MVP candidate. In fact, he's already been among the people, among the guys people vote for MVP every year. He's in the conversation. But the best case scenario was that he's not in the conversation. He is the conversation. The best case for Damian Lord is that by the end of this season, you say, yep, He's the best Blazer of all time, and he has a little trophy to back it up. What's the worst case scenario for Damian Lillard? Well, it's not a big change statistically. I don't think he's going to take it. There's a big drop off coming. In fact, He's earned the benefit of the doubt with his consistency and the way he's played over the last four seasons post-Lamarcus Aldridge. He's, ent- he's still in his physical prime. The worst case is still a pretty good year, but it's maybe that the pieces don't necessarily fit around him and the little things he needs to clean up don't quite get there. He still hovers around 36-37% from three. He still struggles a little bit to finish around the rim. Maybe he doesn't shoot as well from the free throw line or get there as often. And the worst case scenario is that he misses out on the all-star game because he's not quite there. The worst case for Damian Lillard is the best case scenario for 95% of the league. Certainly a clean 90. He's still going to be very good. But the worst case for Damian Lillard is that he can't pull this new group of Blazers to the same heights that he pulled the old group. The worst case for Damian Lord is that we realize he misses Al Farouk Aminu and misses Mo Harkless, and that while his counting number production looks the same, the win totals don't look the same. And that's the strange thing for star players, is that while their legacies often go down with how counting numbers work, you say at the end of the season, well, he averaged 25 points a game seven straight years, or excuse me, end of his career, you start counting up. Seven straight years, ten straight years, he was he was this good, he made this many all-star games, he did these things. But in the moment, in in the much sort of smaller lens, the tighter lens, if the Blazers are a fringe playoff team this year, that reflects bad on Damian Lillard. That's a worst case scenario for Dame because it would suggest that maybe he's not that good or not as good as he was. It can a similar year from him and a worse year from the team overall can start to look like a worst-case scenario. The worst case for Damian Lillard is that he's good, 
even really good, but he's not quite great. Thank you, Michael, from the past. Okay, so, you know, Dame didn't win MVP, so I don't think he can he can be considered hitting his best-case scenario. He certainly was very good and better than he's been, so in some ways he kind of tends toward that end of the spectrum. But the worst-case scenario I laid out, he definitely he didn't hit the statistical issues. You know, he was better than he's ever been. He, he shot a career-high uh, from three, he averaged the career high in assists, he averaged a career high in points, like I mentioned in the first segment, all these incredible scoring binges, uh, one of the great scoring pr- years that anyone's ever had in a Blazer jersey. So in terms of worst case scenario, he didn't hit that, uh, he didn't hit any of those on that end of the spectrum. But this, when I was discussing, and I, I, you know, Michael from the past kind of nailed this, is that when you're discussing franchise guys and when you're discussing, you know, how to measure up these franchise guys, their their team success is a big part of who they are. Um, this Blazer team, I don't think it was Dame's fault by any means. I think it was just a wonky roster and then a bunch of injuries to the already roster that was depending basically on Zach Collins playing 37 minutes every single night. Whoops. Uh, but... You know, a, a, a bad roster certainly cost him, but it doesn't really matter. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter what the cause is. Dame was fantastic, but the team wasn't, and that falls on Dame. This looks like a finished eighth in the West, got eliminated in the first round on the resume. It doesn't, you don't get a lot of details on it. And I think that falls on Dame. So I do think maybe I set the, the because of how good Dame is, I set the, Worst case scenario, a little high. I set the bar a little high for him, but I think he sort of tends toward that end of the spectrum because of the way we have to think about and talk about stars in the league. Team success matters. Um, this wasn't a problem of Dame. This was a problem of just not having good enough players and then getting the players you were counting on getting injured. You know, Rodney Hood and Zach Collins were such a big part of the plan. I would argue too big a part of the plan. You have to have other options and the Blazers just simply didn't, or maybe they thought Anthony Tolliver and Mario Hazonia were, and they weren't, but that's, that's not Dame's decision-making, but it is something that impacts the way you have to think about his season. Uh, This is a guy who wants to win a championship and talks about championships. And a year ago in September, that's where he had set the goals for this team Things changed pretty drastically and it ended up being like, well, they made the playoffs. That feels good. But at some point that doesn't feel good. When you look back at resumes, you'll say, well, you know, they made the Western Conference Finals that one year. You won't say, man, he kicked ass in the bubble, though. Like you will, because you're a big fan if you're listening to this podcast. You'll remember this. I'll remember this. It's special. Um, I think that there's a lot of ways to have successful seasons that don't end in championships. I think we get lost in the counting rings only, particularly for a guy like Damian Lillard, like, Every time the year ends, it's like, yo, get him to L.A. so he can win a ring. That's like every every single person on Twitter. So while I I like wholeheartedly believe that a Western Conference Finals trip last season was a sign of a, a hugely successful season for Dame and the Blazers, I I don't I I can't co-sign on being good being really good and ending up eighth is not a successful year. That's not how there's no way to slice the pie that it feels that way. So I guess when you. Th- when, when I think about sort of where I thought Dame's year would go uh, in in September 2019, when I look back now a year later in, in September 2020, I think, you know, I, I kind of think he, he, he tended towards worst case scenario, but for him, worst case scenario was, you know, best statistical season in the history of the franchise. The dude's just a baller. Um, and what I hope for him 
and I'll talk about in the third segment is that I hope that that's not how we look back on Dame's career. I hope we don't look back on him really good, relatively limited team success or, you know, a fair amount of team success, but not all the not all the things he wanted to accomplish. So I teased it, but that's what we're going to do in the third segment. We're going to look ahead. Uh, I think we know Dame's role for next season, but I want to just talk about where his where he fits in the puzzle with what's next for the Blazers and what's next for him. But before we do that, I want to tell y'all about Bill Bar. You know Bill Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes really good. In fact, right here in the copy, it says it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And listen, I've eaten some of these. They sent your boy a box in the mail. These are the best protein bars I have ever tasted. I'm not lying about that. I'm telling you that I eat them and I say this is better than all the other protein bars that I've ever tasted. You know what's also in the copy? They call this the improved Built Bars even deliciouser. Now, I'm not sure about the word deliciouser, but I will say this. The bars are damn delicious. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They taste like candy bars. If you've had other protein bars, you know they can be kind of chalky and gross. That's not what this is. This is a delicious protein bar. And in addition, it's a wonderful option for the health conscious among us. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. That sounds like a pretty good deal. So go get yourself some. Go to BillBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass-first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Lockdown Blazers. And we're still talking about Damian Lillard. We discussed his 2019-2020 season. We talked about his best-case and worst-case scenarios, where he landed based on what I predicted or what I foresaw back in September 2019. But now I want to look ahead. What's next for Damon the Blazers? First of all, I think even if they basically stand pat and they just bring back the dudes that are on that are on the roster now, they bring back Ariza, they bring back Mello who wants to come back, you know, Zach's healthy, Nurk's healthy, Rodney Hood returns. I think they're going to be better than they were this year. And that alone is important, important for just basic math reasons. Here's the basic math. If you finish eighth, you're going to have to play the best team in the West. If you don't finish eighth, you're going to play a worse team in the first round of the playoffs. If the Blazers are not the eighth seed, if they can get back in sort of that middle of the playoff hunt, I fancy them as good as any of those teams. Now, they still might lose in the first round, but the difference in a you know five-game beatdown at the hands of the best team in the Western Conference and going toe-to-toe with the Jazz or the Nuggets or the Rockets, teams that you're, or the Thunder, you know, teams this year at least that you're, I think, that a healthy Blazers were right on par with is very, very different. Making the second round of the playoffs and, and pushing teams is, is 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 very, very different. Finishing the final four in the West means you are really, really good. And it puts you in the mix for the longer the season goes on, weird stuff happens, guys get injured, guys get kicked out of the bubble, all kinds, anything could happen. But you really can't, if you finish eighth in the West, go on the road, assuming that we have road playoff games next year, you're not going to, you just, you just lower your chances of going anywhere. So I think if they just stay healthy, Damian Lillard is going to have a, and the Blazers are going to have a better season, be, even if they don't make any changes. But here's one change that's not going to happen. Let's be totally clear about that. Damian Lillard's not going anywhere. He signed through the 24-25 season if he wants to be as a player option for that final year. 
for $54.3 million. And folks, I think Dame's going to go ahead and take the money. He wants to stay here in Portland. He's he's made up his his he's been very clear about that. I think there was one brief period two seasons ago where maybe he was, you know, when he met with Paul Allen privately and just talked about the direction of the franchise. I think that was the only time that he's ever really entertained the idea of leaving. And since then, he's doubled and quadrupled down on staying. I believe him when he says it. I've written stories about his legacy. I've talked to his family members and college coaches and AAU coaches and high school coaches about what a genuinely and authentically loyal dude Damien Lillard is. Like he, if you do him right, he'll do you right. Or the way Dame phrases it, if you don't switch on up on me, I won't switch up on you. So as long as the Blazers are trying to win, which ostensibly they are, then I, then I don't think we need to entertain the idea of Dame leaving, of Dame requesting a trade of all that stuff. I think it's a natural thing that NBA fans do and maybe you should be worried about because of how much a single player can change the fortunes of the franchise. But I don't think that's a real thing with him. So I think the question moving forward with Dame is, like I said, I think they'll just be like, they'll be the, you know, one of the six best teams in the West if they're healthy. Uh, the West is going to get harder, but I just, I truly believe the roster just without, without any changes and just relatively good health. This is one of the six best teams in the West next year and if you're one of the six best teams in the west you have just such a better chance of being a second round playoff team and once you're in the second round playoff team i don't know how to explain this to y'all but that means you're one series away from the western conference finals which means you're one series away from the from the championship round you see as you win more playoff series you get closer to the championship we'll talk about it more when the season starts but the real point here is is that I don't think the Blazers need to make radical changes, but I do think you need to make reasonable changes. I do think that if you are committed to Damian Lillard and committed to CJ McCollum at this stage and committed to Yusuf Nurkic, then you have to answer the questions, who else fits? And I think that's the key for Damian Lillard's future here is that the Blazers have, they've tried this extra playmaker guy with Evan Turner and Mario Hazonia. That doesn't seem to be the move. I think Dame is not very good off the ball. And according to something Jason Quick wrote in The Athletic this week, I don't think he's super interested in playing off the ball. I don't think he sees that as a way forward for him. So less less dudes who need the ball in their hand and more guys who can cut and defend and shoot. You got it. You have to, you kind of have to, you have to play the hand you're dealt. And what you've been dealt with Damian Lillard is a guy who wants to be on the ball and run pick and rolls. He is was the best high-volume pick and, pick and roll player in the league this year. It's hard to fault him for wanting to do the thing he's good at every single time down the floor. In fact, doing what you're best at is a really good plan in all walks of life. So while I don't think this is the space necessarily to specifically diagnose who the Blazers should sign, I just think that when we think about the future of the team and we think about Damian Lillard maximizing his next three seasons in the league, I would do three things. One, I would get defenders who can help. You need versatile, long defenders. That's who Dame needs to help him. Two, I would not be afraid to take a big swing. At some point, you will look back and say, what? If you don't make a big swing, wow, the Blazers were really competent for 15 years while Dame was there. Taking a big swing means you might not be super competent, but you they already had a season like this where they were bad. I would say, you know, risk it for the biscuit. Be willing to take a big swing. That's trade CJ McCollum. That's trade Yusuf Nurkic if the right deal comes around. And trade any of the other dudes on the roster if the deal upgrades. You don't be afraid. 
And the last thing I would do is try as much as you can to underestimate the window. If you think you have a three-year, four-year window with Damian Lillard being really, really good, shrink it down to two. How quickly can you get it done? Your championship window or your competitive window is always smaller than you think. Even with the best teams on the planet, it's the window is always smaller. Get players that fit, long-rangey defenders. Don't be afraid to take a big risk and do it now. There's no reason to wait. That's my solution. We don't need to talk about Dame. We know what to expect. He's the best player to ever wear a Blazers jersey. He's going to be awesome again next season. The, the, the way we judge franchise players is the success of their franchise. So when you're thinking about Dame, think about how this franchise can help him because you know how he's going to help them. That's going to do it for today's show. We got more of these wrap-ups coming this week. Uh, it, like I said, this is the fifth one we've done. So if you've missed any check back in your podcast feed, there are more coming. We got Mailbag Monday coming up tomorrow. Send me your questions at Mike G. Rich on Twitter. Or email me, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.